Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Hey everyone, Roger here with Expansion Cast. Today on the show, I have Crystal Alexander Hill. Crystal is an international Tantra teacher, master facilitator, coach, author, speaker, and the founder of Goddess Reawakening and the Temple of Conscious Eroticism. She assists awakening humans and starseeds to return to their sovereignty through eroticism so that they can live their lives joyfully, abundantly, and on purpose. She offers spiritual journeys to Egypt and Mexico. She initiates individuals and couples into tantric practices and offers relationship coaching. So I met Crystal at a Tantra event online. The first time I had ever um, actually experienced um, a full-on Tantra festival online, and I don't even know if it's happened before. And yeah, I dropped into one of Crystal's classes, which was amazing. And her, just the way she connected with people and the way I felt she was connected with her beingness is what pulled me to invite her to the show. So, yeah, welcome, Crystal. Mm, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to actually be with you one-on-one here and to be able to share that with people. It's going to be awesome. Mm. So with mm. that, how are you? Um, there's a lot going on. I feel like I'm in that caterpillar stage. Um, feeling I'm rebirthing myself and I'm in the thick of it right now so there's so much processing going on that I'm like I'm just yeah quite exhausted to be honest that's me too Mm. I don't know what is going on but yeah (laughs) I don't I feel like yeah I'm I'm in this void and I'm a puddle of mush (laughs) yes Yes, yeah. So I think it would be interesting to actually, yeah, talk about that a little bit to, yeah, to normalize it. That it's, you know, you were saying, do you just want to have a real conversation? I was like, yeah, let's, what? And I was feeling into it. I was like, normally I wouldn't show up when I'm feeling this way. Um, And I'm very capable of tapping into being on, but then I feel like, okay, that could also be dishonoring of where I'm at and what I need. I can do it, and I've done it most of my life because that's the masculine way of doing stuff, isn't it? And so now it's about, okay, let's find the balance here. What do I need? What What is important to me in this moment? Mm-hmm. But here we are. So this is quite an quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so tell me, why did you say yes to the invite to come onto the show? When I, when I was looking at what you're representing, not representing, but what you're standing for with of having some really real conversations um, with people and the unconventional way of healing. I felt that that was, you know, very much where I'm at home um, in, yeah, my... I definitely don't fit into the mainstream with what I do. And my marketing people often tell me, you've got to water yourself down or you've got to, you've got to be accessible. You, you can't say it exactly how you would say it to your best friends because otherwise people feel disconnected and they won't get you. And then I have this real challenge of how much do I listen to that and how much do I just say, oh, well, if I just work with 10 people, then I'll just work with 10 people, although I know that's not going to happen, but at least they can feel me and can feel my essence and and the truth of what I'm here to do. So I feel, 
Yeah, there, there, there are stages, you know, we're guiding and we're leading people into our world in stages sometimes, but initially that being essence that you spoke of is always there. And if, if they're attracted to that, then, yeah, then, then that's the entrance point, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I feel that since the Tantra Festival, there's been a huge shift for me anyway, and I, and I know just talking to you briefly, there's been a big shift for you. Not that it, it might have nothing to do with that festival, but there's maybe some planetary shifts or something that is happening. Mm, what do yeah, you... I feel that we are, I mean, we're shifting all the time, aren't we? Because everything is in constant motion. The universe is always evolving around something, and we're always going through seasons. But it feels that at this time and really for me it feels like it started in 2012 if we want to look at the bigger picture of that change from patriarchy into a more unity consciousness based era um it started in 2012 when supposedly when the mayan calendar ended and we've been in a shift but with a coronavirus crisis everyone had to really look at how their living their lives are they in alignment with their soul especially those of us who are here to you know committed to making change to to living the best life that we can live to living in harmony and connection and who've always felt like a miscast in that old patriarchal paradigm of having to be in your wound and masculine to to push your way into success if we you know you know if we want to put it into a nutshell mm-hmm so I feel like we're still in that change and it's it's going through spirals within spirals um, of, yeah, of un- unlocking and uncovering because I know for myself I've been in the in human body, in this patriarchal paradigm for, I don't know, I want to say 400, but it feels more like a thousand, like always incarnating again, always bringing the codes of the divine feminine through and and being, you know, persecuted and in which town shut down. And so there is a lot of trauma that we're holding, not just from this lifetime and from our parents, but we're incarnating into the same lineage over and over again in order to, this time we're going to make it, this time it's going to change, this time we're going to release all of the attachments to our pain and our trauma um, and then getting stuck again. But this time around, it's really this time. And I really <laughs> feel that. And the people who are coming to me is like, yes, this is really the time. And this is why it's so intense, especially now that globally we're shifting. And we do need to go. We talked about the void earlier, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We do need to go back and strip everything bare because, before we can rebuild. We do need to bring the shadows to the surface before we have a clean slate. The, 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 the natural slate, the the essence of who we are. Yeah, so here we are in the void. We're just floating in this void. What do we do? How are we're just do we just experience the void and see where this ebb and flow within the void takes us or do we actually have some sort of form and purpose within the void, some intention or like how do we move through this? That's a really great question. Well, the first thing is to just be. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the path of Tantra that we're both familiar with is about accepting all that is and just be with it. So there's nothing to do about it. And then and then out of that being essence, there'll be an impulse, something that wants to move us. And it's then to follow, follow that impulse. Now, yeah, we can only do that, I find, if, we're really attuned to the void, really attuned to what is going on. To the point that sometimes I under, I'm tuning in and I'm realizing that my higher self is in bliss. It's completely oblivious to any of the, the pain that my emotional body may go through. You know, there's, that, there's this real ability to observe the different aspects of self. And then how do we how do we let the the emotions know the inner child inside that it's it's okay that it's it's safe? How do we let the mind know 
not to buy into the separation that our body experiences, but to become the spokesperson or the spokes, you know, be, to listen to the soul and to act on the soul's wisdom rather than the experience of the body that is still in separation. So those have been the questions and the observations that I've been living with in the last little while. Hmm. That's pretty deep. How you've experienced the void and what's your what is your take on what to do in the void? We're being stripped bare. Well, the thing about I guess for me being stripped bare is like a process of working backwards and unwinding all that I've woven up and in that backwards momentum there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm coming or being forced to look at that I've denied and haven't processed. And I'm really being forced to look at it in quick, um, in real time, like, um, what's how do I say it? I don't feel I have a choice. I feel like I have absolutely zero choice. I have to dive into this and I have to move through it. Otherwise, I, I will be really fucking upset if I don't move, get through this one. You get stuck there, right? Yeah. Like if we don't move through it, if we stay in denial, then we'll get stuck there for, for a long, long time. I feel, I feel the same. I feel that right now is the time to flush everything all the patterns to the surface and to really sit with them and i've actually and, and again I've, I, and i made it a conscious practice over the last week in particular every morning i get up at six when no, no, my kids are still asleep and between six and seven i sit there and i i am with what is and i'm i'm also looking at what needs to be transmuted and the reason why this is really a potent time for me right now is because I am I'm preparing for a medicine journey, a plant medicine journey um, that will assist me and those who are around, like there's a small group of us who are doing this together, to really completely shatter the experience of separation and come into unity consciousness and connect that unity consciousness with the star races who are also fragmented. Like it's not just on this three-dimensional existence that there is separation. Even the star races, and we, if we talk about the Lyran Wars, you know, um, the um, Star Wars is based on the Lyran Wars, where the different star races, they all thought they were better than each other, but they kind of lived in harmony. And this is what we're seeing. And then the, the reptilians came along and they erupted everything. They brought the conflicts to the surface. And this is exactly what's happening right now with um, firstly the coronavirus, but especially the um, Black Lives Matter movement. The, it's been there all along, but it's being flushed to the surface for us to look at. And those of us who are understanding that as within, so without, as above, so below, we understand that this is the time for us and the opportunity for us to look at all of those things within ourselves. Where are we in superiority or where are we allowing ourselves to be suppressed? Where are we still in ego, both about our greatness and, and where, you know, the, 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 those power triangles of victim, um, perpetrator and rescuer. It's, yeah, it's it's the time to really flush it all up and, and the collective is supporting it and the, probably the planets, are, I'm not an astrologer, but probably the planets are supporting it as well to to bring it all to service and it's an opportunity to, as I said, clear this lighter. We have to, yeah, we have to look at it if we want to make a difference moving forwards. So, and how I'm doing that? I mean, just yesterday and today, it's really been about sitting in it it's about not trying to do anything it's just accepting you know how the tide is throwing me about and just experiencing the tide itself and then in that experience maybe find some compassion maybe find some just some experience where i can i can feel the bliss of that movement even if that movement feels really harsh and dark, 
you know, maybe I can look at it differently. I can look at it maybe from my feminine. Um, yeah, it just feels like a big balancing act is happening. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely about, like, that's what I've been doing as well. I've been literally, I've been, when I've hit something, and what was it? It was, there was a really interesting one. I can't remember it now. I think it was selfishness. Um, there was a defensiveness around it. And what I did is I was, and this is what I take my clients through as well. I, I, we find it in the body. Where does that sit in my body? And we all have it. So it's not like we are, we're, we're really messed up and nobody else is. So we all have this. So what is the selfishness? Where is it? What does it feel like? And I had this little gnome, got the image of a little gnome and it was like nattering away. I was like, no, 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 no. It was like almost like, um, I think it wasn't selfishness, but there was this, and I asked him, it's like, don't you ever get tired of doing that? And he was like, going, nah, 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 kept on going on. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. You have, you're so devoid and, and separated from your emotions, this selfishness or this part of me, that you don't feel anything. So of course you don't feel tired. And he kept going and going and going and going. And then I found the batteries inside of it. I was like, okay, I need to disconnect this somehow so that this can just, you know, I, I, I have, firstly, I, I really exaggerated it and I, I put it on and I put on the, like I embodied it, I, I voiced it and, um, so that I could really feel it and taste it and see it, like you were saying, just sitting in it, looking at it from all aspects with all senses. Um, I was like, okay, I think I know this now and I can see where I've been doing this in my life. And I was going back, okay, looking at certain times in my life, where have I actually expressed that and being really honest and just taking the blindfold out and off and the blinkers that that part of us that just wants us to be nice and beautiful and good. It's like, no, I've been doing this to myself and to others. And so once I've finished with that process and really sitting in that and feeling that discomfort, it's like, okay, I think I got it now. I think I can let it go. And then I found the batteries and I, I snipped the batteries <laughs> and this thing, it transformed into something else. I can't remember what it was, but the battery was still there and I had to deal with this battery and then I had to create spaciousness. And I thought, well, what am I going to put in, the, in its place now? And I thought, actually nothing because that was the, it was judgment, judgment. It wasn't selfishness. It was judgment, that little gnome. It's a voice of judgment. And and then I thought, what am I going to put in its place so it doesn't come back? And I thought, actually, this time there's nothing to be put in place because I need the spaciousness so I can hear the divine thoughts coming through instead of this constant interference, nattering of judgment. So that was a really power, one of the processes that I've done with myself and something that I take clients through as well of yeah, sitting with it, knowing it, feeling it, understanding its highest intention. And its highest intention for me was to keep me safe. You know, one of the keywords I think you said there was judgment. And that little voice is, it, it's so sneaky. And I can just hide, hide out wherever and we just go through our days and we're judging, judging, judging self. And recently like the darkness for me has been feeling this big abandonment wound and you know the, the judgment that little critter that was like that fucking critter was like in there making that wound bigger and bigger and it wasn't helping at all i mean it was making it so big that i had to notice it for sure so maybe that was its purpose but you know I know it's there, so piss off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It could be its purpose. But yeah, judgment is so deeply ingrained, we don't even realize, like even just driving the car and saying, oh, why did that person do this? Mm -hmm. um, and then I always, when I hear that voice, I stop myself and I, and that's where the compassion comes in. I'm saying, I'm sure they have a very good reason for doing what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and they might just be daydreaming and not focusing and I'm sure they have a very good reason why they're daydreaming in this moment so let's just not go into judgment about anything here um, but it's it's that internal conversation that I don't have with myself as I'm reprogramming to really let go of all, all judgment 
Because when we are, when we're judging, we've gone into separation. We've gone into I am better than them or I am worse than them because it, go, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And if we really want to come into the unity consciousness that all the spiritual teachers are speaking of, that is the new age, that integrated divine masculine, divine feminine inside of us, that inner union, which then will be expressed in the outer union. Yeah, we have to. We have to have those conversations with our shadow. We have to have those conversations with judgment and really, even on the smallest moments when we do it, catch it. It's exhausting sometimes. (laughs) It's exhausting. Yeah, so the void, in a sense, is kind of nice. (laughs) reset time yeah yeah so tell me more about you like one question i usually ask people is who are you and it's not the outside kind of things that people see but you know deeply inside your who's that essence who's that being Mm. yeah i feel my essence is the the codes of the divine feminine it's like embodying embodying that and uh, my understanding of who my soul is is that i'm a ninth dimensional hathor consciousness that has incarnated here at this time and in all the significant transition times to to activate this but both within myself and with those i come in contact with simply by being that's that's my purpose in its essence and, you know, there's numerous ways in which I do that and numerous ways that my identity has wanted to define what that is. Um, so I've done many, many different things and really currently, again, like, okay, I've latched onto Tantra. I'm doing Tantra now. Or that's that's my outlet. This is how I'm channeling this energy. And then it's like before that I was working with, with women doing goddess circles and helping them to get into the divine feminine and then realizing that, Actually, sexuality is a problem because there's so much shame around sexuality. And then um, tapping into some past lives of being in the temples and doing sacred sexual practices and kind of bring that back into this life, then it became all about Tantra. And now I need, I feel like I've got so many tools that I just need to show up and be. And now it becomes about, yes, it, coming back more to essence and assisting this transformation, this transition into a new earth, into activating these divine feminine codes within everyone and bringing them into harmony with the divine masculine. So let's, let me ask you to define the divine feminine and the divine masculine. Mm. That in itself because it's it's an essence, mm-hmm. so anything that we put words on will has the the potential to create misunderstandings, and it will deduct it from its essence. So a definition means that we have to go into our logic, and the divine feminine is an essence, an energy that can't even be defined; it has to be experienced. But if I was to define it. I would say it's the pure potentiality of the universe. It is the creative energy that manifests into matter. And it is in, in, it is the divine masculine that gives it form. And that, you know, it's like if the, if the divine feminine dreams, dreams, has dreams and visions, it's the divine masculine that manifests that into matter. Mm. Yeah. And of course we all understand those terms of the feminine is creative, she's flowing, she's graceful, she's she's able to receive, she can be in surrender and just be in the be in the void and just be in her being essence. And the masculine is the one who provides and protects, who holds holds space and and has that intentionality and that focus and the direction to to give shape to what the divine feminine is 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 creating. Mm. Yeah, so I've heard it a little bit differently. Like I've heard that the divine masculine is consciousness itself and basically holding space so that the divine feminine can do anything the divine feminine desires. 
create, destroy, whatever. And the, and the divine masculine is just present with that, whatever it is. Is that? Yes, yeah. The, the, I think the traditional tantra is like the divine masculine is the consciousness and the divine feminine is the creative power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when they come together, they can manifest. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little, there's a little bit of differences there, but I think it's all, that's why words are, exactly, <laughs> are right? so limiting, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and this is, this is where the diversity, this is where we, it's so, it's beautiful that this came up because there is no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And as, as humans, we have a touch to right and wrong. And well, my, my, my perspective is more valid than your perspective. No, they all coexist within this quantum soup of, of reality. There is no ultimate truth. And, and, and it's just about, it's about purpose. Whatever serves my purpose is the beliefs that I'm going to take on. And I can switch. I can switch between them because my, my intention in that moment may switch. So I need to move to something that serves me in that moment. And yeah, there, there is a, an evolution of consciousness that assists us to make that happen. You know, at first we're very, I have a friend and she, oh gosh, I can't remember what she calls it, but she the, this, um, just created this whole thing around consciousness. Some people are in a square consciousness, others are in a diamond-shaped consciousness, others are in a spiraling consciousness. And it's like they're speaking different languages because they can't connect because their realities are so different. Um, and so I've come to a place where I say, well, the... The diversity is part of the unity, and so we need we need it all. But we all find our place within that, and that which we represent, and and yeah, that is in alignment with our purpose. So, how do we find our place? Is it just flow? Is it or not just flow? Is it when we just let go and flow, then we just quite naturally find the the, the space where we resonate? Yes and no. <laughs> I, <laughs> in my experience, um, I've I've worked with clients who have always gone with the flow. They somebody offers them a job, they take it. Somebody, um, you know, they've just gone always with the flow, and then they wake up when they're forty and thinking, "Gosh, where have I been in all of this? Mm. I've always just gone with the flow, and I've not really found myself." And there is a wounded feminine tendency here when we're just going with the flow that we may end up somewhere where our soul doesn't want us to go because we're afraid of conflict or confrontation. But if we're just in that masculine, okay, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do that and that's what I put my attachments and my identity into, then then again we're potentially getting off course of our purpose, of, of what our soul wants us to be. So again, it's the union of the divine masculine and the divine feminine kind of flow, feeling into where does it, what does feel good? Does this feel good to me going with a flow into this direction where the current takes me or does it actually not feel good? And then when it doesn't feel good, then we can pause and reflect and think, why doesn't it feel good? What is my soul, my higher self wanting to tell me here? Where have I gone off path because it was convenient and I've gone just with the flow? Yeah, so it's the, again, it's the, it's the harmony and the interaction between the two. Harmony, yeah. So, and soul flow, divine flow. And then I think there's what you're talking about, maybe a passive flow where people are like, uh, somebody offered me a job, I'll take it. You know, or... Maybe this seems synchronistic because, oh, I'm looking for a job and somebody offered me a job, so I take it. Yeah, that's not really the flow I would talk about. I think that's like that's a passive flow. And the flow I would like to follow is a divine flow where, yes, it feels right and it, and it serves a higher purpose within myself and maybe humanity. Yeah, absolutely. And that flow is absolutely like I feel that's the flow I like to follow as well. But I wanted to make that differentiation in case people, we can get lazy and say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow. And they're feeling they're very enlightened and um, doing the right thing, but actually they're just being lazy. 
So it's important to to really catch ourselves. Are we in divine flow or are we just in the convenience flow? Yeah, convenience flow, I like that. And, you know, if we're looking after our kingdom or our queendom, what part of this flow is benefiting the kingdom? Mm. Yes. I don't even know if I like saying benefiting. Um, serving is, is just serving. contributing. Yeah, it's contributing to the, to the flourishing of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, does, does whatever this is resonate with the purpose of the kingdom or the, the divine essence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately it's all about purpose, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. every coming here, or is it? I, I mean, feel it is like there's a very intentional reason why I have incarnated at this time and with the gifts and the, and the challenges that I've chosen. That is a purpose to work through them. And then there's the other side of the coin where we say, oh, it happens for a reason, and we're talking about purpose. And then we can get off track there too. Because we can say, oh, somebody offered me this plant medicine, and it's for a reason. And yeah, I took it and something bad happened, but that's going to teach me something. Where... We could have sat with our divine energy and really felt into it and knew that that wasn't the best course of action. And that... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that hindsight wisdom, isn't there? I, I, I felt within myself that it wasn't the right thing to do, but I did it anyway because it. I, we go into our head about making decisions. When the decisions that are the true ones are really in our body and they, they're found in silence. They're not found in the busyness of the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. Can you speak more to that? Mm. So yeah, the, so how do we make decisions? I know that as humans, we have such complicated minds that are designed to keep us safe. And so they are comparing a choice that we have to make to the things that have happened in the past and projecting those past things that have happened to us into the future. So this can often lead to making fear-based decisions because we are driven by wanting to avoid that which has hurt us in the past. Oh, I'm never going to open my heart again to somebody because I've been hurt in the past. I'm going to keep it guarded. I'm going to be selfish now because I've given too much in the past. There are some basic examples. Um, yeah, so that's how the, the head makes decisions. They're coming often most of the time when the head makes a decision, it's coming out of fear. Mm -hmm. When the head is aligned to the body, and so, or, or you know, does it feel good? That that's a way of making a decision as well, and that comes it comes from the heart. And then there's another decision about that when we tap into our soul. Like when we're asking our soul, yes, it doesn't feel good for me to sit there every morning and go and, and release my shit and sit with that and, and let that go. But I know that unless I do that, I'm not going to be who I, who I truly am. You know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Does my mind want to sit there and do that? No, it wants to avoid it because it's painful. Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it because I know I have to and I feel like that's where you're coming from as well yeah 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 so strangely enough I feel like even in this conversation we haven't really had a conversation before but the energy I feel like I, I've known you for a long time and is that is that normal for people to feel that way with your energy if there's a resonance, a soul resonance, I feel that's when that happens, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love going deep really quickly. And yeah, really just, we are definitely, we are very much connecting. We're just being open. And it's a soul recognition. I have people that are saying, I feel like I know you from somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, that happens a lot. 
And I say, yes, your soul knows me. There's a soul connection. We may have never met on this planet in this human life, but there's a recognition for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe in the last life you sacrificed that person. (laughs) (laughs) That is true as well. Yes. Yeah. So what are you doing these days besides floating in the void? What are you doing to help other people in strange and interesting ways? Mm. So I'm, I'm really calling in the conscious leaders who are feeling that they're here to make a change in this planet and contribute towards coming into a more harmonious way of living as human beings together in, in unity consciousness. Who are, who are having these big visions, but then also feeling, oh my God, you know, what I've, I've had clients who suddenly have very old physical pains coming back that from childhood. Um, there, there are clients who finally feeling I can't move forward un, until I release this, this feeling of not deserving or whatever it may be. So I, I work with these leaders who, who've been upgraded, but now all the, the, the denser energy within them that can no longer be coexisting in this higher vibration they're stepping into and these higher visions they're creating, they need to be released. So that's what I'm helping them with. And I'm, I'm using, you know, we're going into ancestral healings or clearings, um, into, into past lives when there's still an attachment to certain beliefs or certain traumas that have happened. I love doing rebirthing sessions, taking clients back into the womb because actually when when the placenta is being cut as a child, that placenta from a consciousness perspective is is part of us. Mm. So when the baby is not only transitioning into the world and suddenly being cold and, and bright and all of that, but then the cutting off of its what really is its best friend in the womb that's been giving it nourishment is an incredible shock. And I've read a book called Lotus Birth where actually the woman is speculating that the reason why we have a consumerist society, why everybody's always looking outside of themselves to feel whole, is because we've had our placenta taken away. So we're looking for it unconsciously to get it back, to feel whole again. And so by doing these um, rebirthing sessions, they're very powerful to to come into a different timeline of existence where we where, where the placenta will only be let gone of when the child is ready when the baby is ready and then then it's integrated mm. Mm. I do DNA recalibrations as well connecting connecting especially star seeds to their um, to their universe to their to their star race and to really remembering the essence of why they're here. You know, when you were asking me, why are you here? It's like, I'm here to embody the codes of the divine feminine. But in its essence, is all I need to do because that's coming from my star rates. Um, so I help people to gain that clarity and really put it into simple terms. And then the embodiment comes into it as well. You know, sometimes clients need to feel it in their body and releasing energy, moving energy. So I'm tapping into some of the tantric tools as well. Yeah, so it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's incredible work. It's really beautiful. So I'm re, redesigning my website to reflect that that evolution in my journey. Mm. That's what I'm busy with these days. Mm-hmm. And you're an author. I am. Yes, I am. I, I in fact, there's a book coming out on the 17th of April uh, of July. Time it merges. Um, so it's called Awakening. Meet the meet the women birthing the new earth. Um, so I'm sharing a chapter in that. Um, I'm also contributing a little bit later in the year to a, a book called um, Visionaries. Um, the future belongs to those who can see in the dark. So I'm very very drawn to that title and really helping clients to see in the dark as well. And then I'm contributing to a book called um, On the Wings of Isis. A Woman's Path to Sovereignty. So these are the ones that are in the making. And I've written two solo books as well. One was called In the Womb of the Goddess, mm-hmm. which is a pregnancy companion, which is really not so much um, what I'm focusing on in, anymore, but it is there and it is on Amazon um, towards blissful birth because I've had two water home births that were orgasmic. So I've had a beautiful experience with birthing 
Um, and the other, the other one is she who would be queen. Um, again, it's it's a it's a journey through the archetypes of the woman into her into her queen into her sovereignty. You're busy. I've been doing it a little while. Yeah, <laughs> I started this path. You know, I was a theater director prior to doing what I'm doing now. And about 12 years ago is when I started with um, learning about life coaching, training as an NLP practitioner, um, and then journeying with the women. And then, yeah. The journey unfolds and continues. So I, I like that you were talking about the uh, being reborn or rebirthing. I just had an experience actually that sounds very interesting. I think it might be something worth discussing on this podcast. It's a little raw for me, but <laughs> so I, in the Tantra event, I was in one event where it was a meditation with, um, I forgot, what is his name? The energy master, he calls himself. Um, anyway, I'm in, in this class laying in my room on a cushion. And it's like all of a sudden, whoa, his energy's in the space. And I'm like, got visions going on. And the visions are very sexual. And they're like, there's three women and they're rubbing their yonis on me and then suddenly i'm finding myself crawling up inside the yoni back into my birthing spot and while i'm there i'm transitioning from this human form into a horse and i'm like this little baby horse inside this inside this canal and it's trying to like push me out and i'm trying everything to stay inside because it feels so comfortable, feels so much like home, feels so nurturing. It's like I don't need anything while I was there. And then it pushes me out, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but here I am, this little horse outside. Mm, it was interesting. That's a beautiful vision. Yeah, and, and, and that first thought of, oh, fuck, I'm out here now. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be back in there. It felt so nice and cozy and comfortable and whole. And now what? Now it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a strange, strange thing. But what was, so, so, the, so one of the questions I ask then is like, what is the core pattern for your life that has been created in that moment when the placenta was cut, when you lost a part of yourself? For you, though, the word was, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's, and, and how, if we could put that into a sentence, what's the belief that's underlying that that's been created as a result of that feeling? Hmm. That's what we're looking at. Yeah, that's a deep one. That's, mm -hmm. that's going to take some, maybe a few minutes, maybe a second or two, but um, do you want me to answer that or try? Or you just I, let's try. Like, yeah, if you if you want to close your eyes and just go go into that, because then that is just it's going to be a beautiful example of of how powerful this is and how much of an impact this has throughout our lives. What's behind the feeling of a fuck? It feels cold. It feels alone. It feels. You know, the funny thing is the void itself feels more nurturing than that feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, that feeling is, gosh, I wish I had more words for it. Um, you know, like... Is it like, I don't want to be here? It's a little bit like that. It feels... You know, I, you know, in a sense, it's like if you can imagine an animal being dropped off on a farm road after, you know, being nurtured for a few years and just being dropped off on a farm road. That's what it feels like on a mm. cold day. Is there an abandonment? that You were talking about abandonment earlier. So yeah, that's yeah. A, I'm getting that there's an abandonment here. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Feeling just abandoned, like. just dropped off. Yeah, over and over again. Hmm. There you go. And you were talking about abandonment earlier. Yeah. So that is that is the core blueprint 
that this loss of the void or the abrupt transition without all of who you are into this world has created for you. And you don't have to go into it on this podcast, but thinking for yourself, where has it, how has abandonment showed up in my life? Well, yeah, and I've been discussing that the last few days with, with a few different people, and yeah, it shows up with me not supporting myself. I begin to abandon myself over the years yeah. because I just continue this pattern that I don't even I hadn't even realized for years that it was happening. So mm. Yeah, we don't realize until Yeah, until we do. That's, that's an obvious thing to say, but until we're ready to 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 know it. You know, and the funny thing is about abandonment, uh, self-abandonment is it's even inviting people and different pleasures into my life that abandon my knowingness my my divine essence you know it's like ignoring that like i guess we go back to what we were talking about earlier is i start by by doing it i i completely ignore my divine knowing my the reason i was here yeah and that yeah, I, that's, that's really what powerful. hurts the most because it's not i mean the 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 one way of abandonment is that the world is doing it to us but the more advanced way of really understanding this pattern is where you're at now. It's like, where am I abandoning myself? Where am I abandoning my highest wisdom, my divine essence? Mm -hmm. mm. I think and we, so what, yeah. what I would do with you if we were in a, in a session right now is to you know, take you through that process of, of, of making the transition whole, of bringing the placenta back, even though in your vision it was like the horse and it, the horse was being pushed out possibly prematurely. So it would be interesting to find out whether um, the doctors thought that you were late and you had to come out now because that's, you know, they make appointments in the hospital and then they, and the, the soul is not ready to come out and it's, it's delaying it for a reason, but because the doctors work to a schedule and it's got to be nine months and then you have to come out. There's a lot of trauma that can be created just that way. Mm -hmm. And then birth dates and astrology being messed up because there's been interference from the, medic from the medical side. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot here that we often don't think about. Mm -hmm. mm. And I know this is very real right now, so... Yeah. It's expanding. Yeah. Mm. To me, what's the point? If if we don't I mean fun can be expanding, deep can be expanding. Um there's so many different ways of expanding our experience and embracing our experience. Yeah. And today I think we're having a little bit of fun and we're going deep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking about fun, what's fun for you? Mm. What does fun look like? For a very long time, I didn't allow myself to have fun. I was a very serious child. I was a hyper high achiever. I always was. My pattern was that I had to prove myself in order to be loved. Mm. Um, so, fun for me now. I, it's more fulfillment. Like I, I, I love just being spending some time in nature and feeling the sun on my skin. And I love, um, yeah, fun for me is is having having conversations like this that are really soul nourishing. Like, um, and hmm. yeah, I'm not somebody who who got, like I've never been somebody who goes out and goes to the pub and has a drink and just laughs and has fun and tells silly jokes. That that to me is not not it's not my idea of fun. It's <laughs> never been my idea of fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how that comes in, but yeah, that's not, I mean, I played that game a long time and some of it was fun. Yeah, some of it was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, it was an, just another way of abandoning myself in a way. Mm, exactly, yeah. yes. 
Yeah, just sitting sitting somewhere with some really good friends and having beautiful conversations like this and and just that's that's fun and that feels really nourishing. Yeah. So what kind of desires are alive for you these days? There is a real desire for more ease and spaciousness because I am in that transition of I've managed my, this, these patterns have been really, really good at keeping me busy and, <laughs> and, and serving other people at the expense of kind of being in my being essence. And it's really been with with all the, my events being shut down, you know, I've been running events in Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney, and I was taking a group to Egypt, and all of that got cancelled. Mm. So there was more spaciousness for me to sit and feel what is really aligned. And so, yeah, my desire is to to create a work life way, or like work. It's not even work. I, it's my purpose. It's like I do what I'm here to do, but to do it in a way now where there is a lot of ease and spaciousness. Hmm. I think we should all try to attain that. Yeah. Being in my joy, being in that beautiful divine feminine essence and from that place creating and being and and achieving and because that's the work for me this you know having a conversation like this with a client and really taking them deep and really releasing that's 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 not work that's i love that Mm -hmm. that's what i'm about yeah me too i hear that and then hearing them coming back and saying you know what i like I just today, a woman was saying, I've, I've always woken up at three o'clock at night because I felt like I had to feed my children. And now I don't do that anymore. I've never, I've never slept in since I've been a mom because I've always been working and doing and because I felt I didn't deserve. And now I can sleep until eight o'clock. And these are the, the tangible kind of results that, that happened from her, us going into her past into her ancestral lineage and clearing these these this pattern of needing to do something in order to deserve love. Mm-hmm. So I attract clients that have similar patterns to me. Mm-hmm. And then when they find the spaciousness in their life and the ease and the flow, that's just the best. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, my clients, exactly. Same patterns as me. Yeah. Which is great because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing the work so I can help somebody else you know, w- with gentle ease, move through it. They don't actually have to experience the harsh, <laughs> the harsh, uh, bullheaded, um, fiery, stubborn resistance that I had. Mm, yes, yeah. we've done it the hard way, so they can we can help them do it the easier way. Yeah. Um, one thing that comes up to my mind right now pops right in is that I wonder what I mean we have all this time we've had all this time during the corona um, space the corona space to really dive into who we are and that's a lot of people doing this there's a lot of people actually moving through some tough times and getting to know or move beyond a lot of limitation And I think the tough part for a lot of them is going to be going back to work, back to a job that they fucking hated and doesn't nourish them. And But they need to do it because they have bills to pay, because they have a family to raise. That's going to be a lot. That's that's going to be tough on a lot of people, I think. And so what I say to that is like I have a client and she, she was working for herself as a beautician mm-hmm. and she didn't want to do it anymore. So it's about using the time now to really tune in. What does my soul want to do? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. What is my purpose and how can I then yeah, – and, and, and working on a transition plan. 
like this client, she says, I'm not ready for, like she's, she's in the UK, she's saying, I'm not ready for us to go back to normal because then I, it would mean that my clients have an expectation of me opening up my beautician salon again. But she, she is really doing so much work right now to creating a more soul-aligned business for herself where she's really helping clients with her energy work. Mm. That's her passion. And so there's just using this time to transition and to build that. And, yeah, it's not that easy for everyone. Um, and I, I, I know that. But it's to, to know that we have choices, we have options. And if you really know that, you, if they really know that they don't want to be there anymore, it's trusting that, that, that you A, get the clarity and then you'll be shown the way of how to, how to achieve that. I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow. Because it is, like with everything, it's a transition. And if we quit our job prematurely, and I found that myself, then we're, we're desperate to get clients. And then that energy of desperation is pushing them all away. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's about, yeah, sitting with it, sitting in what you were saying, sitting in the void and just allowing, tuning into the, the, the fine impulses, the little whisper of the soul that guides us. Yeah, that comes through in, you know, these divine desires. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And to give ourselves permission to, to dream big and not let that inner judge that we talked about earlier shut all of that down. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you can't possibly do that. Oh, who are you to think you could do that? All those voices, just put them to one side. Of course, we need to look at them, love them, understand what that they're trying to keep us safe but not be ruled by them. Yeah, and and watch how we attract those voices in other people. Yes. To to keep yes. us suppressed, to keep us in a in a space where we feel safe, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll come because if it's alive within you, the world will reflect it back. Mhm. Yeah, that'll all change that whole thing. The whole paradigm that we yeah. sit in, yeah. So I've been consciously in the last couple of weeks saying, "Show me what I need to work on. Bring me the people who reflect those patterns to me." Mm-hmm. And the universe delivers, and it's beautiful. Yeah. You ask, and you shall receive. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been beautiful talking to you. Um, we're, we just kind of talked about a whole bunch of stuff. And I don't know if we, hopefully, some people are resonating. And hopefully they'll reach out to you and find their placenta. (laughs) (laughs) Or release their inner judge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been such a beautiful conversation. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to just want to thank you for it's not easy for people to step up and step out of the norm and do what you're doing. And I just want to thank you for doing that because you're really showing people that there is space to follow your divine essence. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and if that's that's all I can show as a role model, then that's my job done. Yeah. So thank you for presenting that's, that. That's an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so uh how can people get a hold of you Mm, so my website is probably the best place it's crystalalexanderhill.com or one word and i'm sure you can put it down but yeah it's crystalalexanderhill.com i'm also active on facebook under the same name just punch it in and you'll find me okay i will put it in the notes also and um do you have any special offerings for listeners I do have a, a lot of free freebies on my on my website. Um, I love taking people through guided journeys, and in fact, there is one that is um, not so easy. You can't find it that easily. It's forward slash gift, and it's a beautiful guided meditation journey to activating all of the chakras and just expanding into your essence. Okay. Um, and I also run the Temple of Galactic Embodiment. It's a it's a med- where we meet on Zoom twice a month and we we 
what do we do? The last session was the last session was a channeling, so everybody got to understand where where they're at, where they're from in their soul. Like we've only just started. In the first one, we we actually created this temple in the Palladian star system. And again, I know this is quite out there, um, but I'm speaking to those who resonate and the others who just go to the other things that I do. Um, yeah, and we. The intention is to connect to our soul essence, come on into deeper alignment and and use some of the erotic energy or that life force energy to, to really feel safe, to bring that into the body. So that is the intention of that temple. Mm-hmm. Is that a female temple? No, it's for everyone. It is. Wow, cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to, to come in and taste what it feels like to work with me, if that resonates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Till next time. It's been a pleasure being here, Roger. Bye-bye. This podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening. If it's in your ability to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash expansioncast.